Hello, welcome to part three of our Future Insight Speaker Series, brought to you by the IntelliCast Podcast Network. My name is Adam Jolly, and joining me as always is Brian Lamar. Hey, Adam, how's it going? So good. Uh, this has been an awesome series so far, and this is our third and final part. It's it's, it's just flown by. Yeah, this is uh, it has flown by, and so uh, we are doing this series of speakers that are going to be speaking at the Future of Insights sum- Summit on December 5th and 6th at the University of Georgia in Athens. This part three will feature two of the speakers at that conference. First up is Remy Denton. She is the director of research at SKIM. Uh, she's out of their Atlanta office. Uh, secondarily will be our own Brian Lamar, who is currently vice president of insights at EMI Research Solutions. Uh, Brian, what was your favorite thing you learned about Remy? Um, we talked about this is the bridge between Nashville and um, New Hampshire that yeah. she has done successfully. I really liked her talking about her love of country music. That was kind of that seemed like a sellout to me. I wanted it to be like you should stay true to the New Hampshire roots of music. Yeah, the New Hampshire music scene. But then I realized there probably isn't one, uh, and so that was I. I I did like to hear about that. Um, she's just a fascinating person. Like she really is like a bright light, uh, like a firework uh, that you just can't help to watch and want to learn more about. And you're really uh, drawn to her. And so I think you, everyone will love that conversation. Um, and then we jump over to you. Yeah. We have. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Was, this will be the second time we've recorded this conversation. It'll be great. Yeah. The first one was really touching. I thought. Yeah. We I think we nearly all cried and then we lost it. It's in the basement tapes. I love the basement tapes. The basement tapes, along with the live Atlanta IAX recording, maybe also with the live uh, MRMW recording that we did. <laughs> Anything we're trying to do live. Anything live. It's gone. Or the first one where you, if you ever listen to the very first episode of Intellicast, right? Just start counting. That starts like four, three, two, one. Okay. Next segment. I'm going to count all out. It was pretty good. That was before we had producer Brian. That's the only one without you, right? Was the first one? And then you started doing them? I don't think so. I think I was here for the first one. Okay. I think he was too, but I don't know. (laughs) I think I had the laptop in my lap. I do remember that. It was so bad. Uh, But without further ado, let's jump into our interview with Remy Denton, the director of research at Skim. Joining us now is Remy Denton, director of research and location manager at Skim. Remy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on. I feel like I see you or run into you at conferences, but uh, I think this is the first time we've spoken. So it's great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. So the first question we always ask, um, because a lot of our listeners are either new into research or wondering, like, how am I even in this industry? Um, How did you get your start in market research? Yeah, so I think mine is a little unique in that it was very deliberate. I think a lot of people tend to fall into research from um, other aspects of marketing or sales, but I was a psychology major and I my advisor just happened to have a daughter who was in the UGA MMR program and I really liked psychology and understanding human behavior, but I I knew I didn't want to be a psychologist, so she recommended I look more into market research and specifically the UGA program. So from sophomore year of college on, I knew that that was my plan, and it just seemed like a perfect fit for my interests and really loved my time at the MMR program and have been in market research since. Oh, that's wild. So so you started off, uh, you know, you go through the MMR program, and, and what were kind of your first couple jobs out of that that led you into, over to Skim? Yeah, so I 
have bounced around a decent bit in my 10 years, but I started out at Cinovate um, up in New England on a medical device market research team and doing both qual and quant. And I really enjoyed the variety of methodologies that I got to do. I even spent a year in their London office. So I got more exposure to international research. I spent some time client side briefly um, at a kid's company and a business uh, VoIP company and really realized that my passion lies on the supplier side. So I've been back on the supplier side and at Skim now for four years. Oh, that's great. And so uh, you're at Skim in Atlanta, right? Yes. That's kind of nice. Are you from the Atlanta area? I know you mentioned MMR and then is that what kind of led you back there? Um, I'm actually from New Hampshire, but I came down south for college and grad school. And after going back up north for Cinevate and living in London, I decided I wanted warm weather and to come back to the south. So I've been back in Atlanta for, I think, six or seven years now. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I do not blame you with the weather. <laughs> um, so last year, um, you were named to the Green Book Futures list. Um, or actually, I guess that'd be this year. Yeah, because that just happened over the summer. Um, what does that mean to you? Um, tell us about that process and, and what it's done for you since. Yeah, um, well, it was really fun and exciting to be recognized. I, I feel honored to work for a company that cares enough about their employees and our success to even have nominated me. And it was great to win and get to meet the other future leaders at the IIEX conference this summer. I think that really, I feel almost validated given all the hard work and passion I've put into my career the past 10 years. And I love market research and the work that I do, and I'm glad to have been recognized for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I always look forward to those type of lists and, and seeing somebody like yourself. I don't know if Trisha was on it as well, Trisha Houston from MMR. Um, it's really cool, especially when you think about this MMR program. And we're talking a lot about this Future of Insight Summit coming up in December um, at Georgia. And so you're going to be a speaker at that, correct? Yes, um, I'm presenting on woman versus machine and if, when, and how to automate qualitative research. Whoa, uh, this is some kind of stuff that we were talking about the other day, like qualitative research is moving so far as far as technology-wise. <laughs> um, so, so give us a little bit of a preview. Um, what does that look like, the automation of qualitative? Yeah, so we partnered with uh, Danone to understand and compare human analysis versus machine analysis and what the mix of the two would look like for a qualitative research project. And we're able to determine who the winner would be out of those three, which might surprise you. I won't give it away, but um, I will be talking about why automation is feasible and how in qualitative research and what it can do to help speed up the process, as well as some actionable tips and tricks. Jeez, that's awesome. That's going to be great. I, I've every, I'm, I'm fascinated, like I said, about the, the technology advancements, uh, technological advancements of qualitative research. And I think like for so long, quantitative thought they were up on it, but you've just seen so much more creativity, I feel like, with, with how we're doing things with qualitative. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Remy, this is Brian. I have a question for you. So I'm, I'm also speaking um, at Georgia and I'm pretty excited about it, but I'm also a little nervous because I'm speaking in front of my former classmates and I feel like in my, like professionally, I've advanced quite a bit than the person that I was when I was a student at Georgia. I'm curious. I mean, you've spoken at other conferences before. Am I like crazy for thinking that or do you have any apprehension in that same, same way? Um, actually, I feel like I get more apprehension 
presenting to colleagues than I do classmates, um, okay. just because we all are in the same boat. But I think that the UGA program is also welcoming in such a great community that you shouldn't be nervous. I think that it'll go great and everyone is just research geeks there. So you won't be judged at all. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, so, so Rory, you are a fantastically positive person. Uh, and just like, been great so far. But we always have this segment called the research rant of the week. And so I know there's got to be something that grinds your gears. What is your research rant of the week? Yeah, so I think just even this week, we've had several cases of just really hard to find audiences. And it's really difficult to find partners that can deliver on those audiences that aren't your typical panel respondents, uh, such as like unacculturated Hispanics or very high income early adopters, those people who are probably less likely to be on a panel, yet our clients have an interest in speaking with them. So it's a challenge at times to feel that the panel options that are available can reach these targeted audiences. I agree. Uh, it's a lot. Of, I think so many times the the people that are signing up for panels don't always line up with the type of people that we want to, that we are interested in. Right. Let alone that it be when it's a tough target, then you're cutting it even more and cutting it even more. Um, and it gets hard. And I feel like sometimes we have to compromise just to get that. And we, we really shouldn't have to. Right. Right. Uh, let's move into our four P's. This is our kind of a learn a little bit more about you personally. Um, the first P is playlist. So, Remy, what are the last three songs or artists that you've listened to? Well, I'm re really bad about knowing song titles and artists just when I'm listening to the radio, but I recently had to put together a playlist for my uh, wedding reception. Um, and so I will say that the top songs on that were all Bruce Springsteen. I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen. Um, I even had the band do a few of those live. So it was great to ha have the boss be a big part of my big day. Oh, that's great. I think you're the first Bruce Springsteen that we've had mentioned. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's good. And congrats on the love. <laughs> Thank you. Um, by the way, I didn't I don't think I had a great appreciation for Bruce Springsteen until I went to a karaoke bar in New York City where when people would sing Bruce Springsteen, people lost their minds. And I just gained a whole new appreciation just for him and when, when people get the passion behind him. Fell in love with him as well. This is not that long ago. Yeah, those were definitely the top songs um, in terms of dance floor participation and singing at the wedding. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's awesome. Um, pages. So, Remy, what is a book you would recommend that people listening should read? I have been reading Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Um, obviously, I mentioned I've been in research a long time, but I've only been leading the team here in Atlanta for about two years. So it's really helping me understand how to cultivate my team and help the team and the individuals on it reach their potential. And I think next I plan on reading the Algebra of Happiness by Scott Galloway. I've heard really good things yeah. about that as well. That's really good. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard of the Brene Brown. Everyone keeps telling me to read it. Um, I just got to take a second to read to step in yeah it's hard to find time to read <laughs> it is it's really hard to read i'm with you thank you i feel like everyone's always shaming me for not reading well you know at night i'm reading reports right. and <laughs> read for fun uh next one is perform yeah. what is something that people don't know about you what is kind of a hidden talent 
I don't think I would call it a talent, um, but I'm a big fan of country music. So being the northerner that I am and my love for Bruce Springsteen and 80s music, people don't always associate me with also liking country music and enjoying putting on my cowgirl boots and going to Nashville and, and dancing it up there. So I don't think it's a talent, but it's just something I like to do for fun that's a little quirky. That is a talent. Yeah, I can see, especially like when you talk to people from back up north, right? Uh, what what right. type of country music do you listen to? So are you like more into like the more popular country type stuff? Or are you thinking more like a Sturgill Simpson, Jason Isbell, those type things too? Definitely the more pop, yeah, popular stuff right now. I actually recently bought tickets to go see Keith Urban and Blake Shelton when they're here hey, in a couple of weeks. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah um, next one is people so this is our mount rushmore we, um, we have you give a topic and then name your top four of something and you've chosen tv shows um, which i yeah. don't think we've ever done before which is crazy we always like come up with we're always trying to find something weird like we'll do like sandwiches sometimes <laughs> but <laughs> so like it's right there uh so Remy, what are your top four tv shows my top four tv shows i am a huge Friends fan. I own all 10 seasons and I don't think I go through a day without some type of Friends reference. Um, also, The Office. I'm a big fan of The Office and we were playing The Office Halloween episodes in, in our office yesterday. And then I would say Parks and Rec and Big Bang Theory. So really like comedies and uh, just those feel good end of day shows to watch. It is. To me... If you could make the TBS run or Comedy Central run, that is like the badge of a great TV show. Yeah. Where it's like a Sunday, like I can like hang out, come home from church or whatever. It's like one o'clock and then sleep through 30 episodes of a show. It's the best. Yeah. Do you have any on me or Mount Rushmore, Brian? What are some of your favorite TV shows? Well, I think this kind of describes my wife would pick probably the same shows that Remy just picked. Yeah. She likes to relax on the couch and just kind of laugh and not think about things. I think I'm an office or maybe I'm a psychopath because I always like to watch things like murder mysteries and serial killers. Oh, yes, you are. You are a psychopath. <laughs> so this year, this year I'm really going to Barry for, uh, I think oh, you watched Barry. Yeah. Barry's great. Uh, Secession, Chernobyl was amazing, but I do, I love all, every, all four comedies you mentioned. I'm a huge fan of I watched all four of those. Nobody mentioned anything from Bravo, which kind of leaves me cold. No Real Housewives? Huh. No Below Deck mentioned. Regular or Mediterranean, but that's okay. I'm more of a Vanderpump fan. Oh, yes! Vanderpump! Thank you! I, you know how close, so this is wild. But growing up in Kentucky, like not too far away from where Jax and Brittany got married, oh, wow. legit thought about trying to go and try to crash. <laughs> Like I was thinking, like some of my friends were like, "Hey, we're only like forty five minutes. I'm like, let's go to Versailles and try to see if we can get on this wedding." Anyway, yeah, I've uh, definitely made an effort when I'm in LA to go to the Vanderpump Restaurant. Yeah, good to sir. It's great. Uh, thank you so much, Remy. Again, you're speaking at the Future of Insight Summit that is December fifth and sixth uh, at the University of Georgia for the MMR program. Um, is what's the best way for people to reach out to you if you have any questions? Is it LinkedIn or Twitter? Uh, LinkedIn. I'll admit I'm not really good at social media. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's actually probably a good thing. <laughs> Too busy reading reports. Too busy reading. Get him being a better person and tell everybody about it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Remy, for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you at the conference. Great. Thank you, guys. Fantastic interview with Remy.
again, I just I just think she's the best, and I'm really excited to hear her speak at the conference. Yeah, me as well. And um, she goes to a lot of conferences, but I don't yep. get to see her speak very often. I think I've only seen her speak in person once. So I'm gonna sit in the front row and ask her lots of questions during hers. Very genuine person. Excited to see her. So let's jump into our next speaker. Brian Lamar, hey, VP of Insights me. at EMI Research Solutions. Brian, hey, how are you? You're oh, here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here in person. It's, it's good to have you here. So um, you graduated from the University of Georgia, correct? Yes. Uh, how long ago was that? That was um, the year 2000. This is our 20th anniversary of our wow. my graduating class. So is there? Uh, do you have any extra feelings about going back and speaking at a conference at Georgia? Yeah, so during the interview, um, I asked Remy if she was nervous about it, and she was like, no, you're an idiot. Why Why would yeah, I be nervous about, about it? I don't care about these kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nervous <laughs> because I think there's a six or seven of my classmates that will be there and people I've mentored in the past and people that I um, know from more of an academic standpoint. And so this is kind of a – I've probably been in front of a lot of these people before, but not in this setting. It's kind of a homecoming a little bit and a little nervous about um, just being in front of – former classmates, I guess. Talk to me, like, what is your, uh, how did you end up at University of Georgia? And then what has your career path been ever since you left? Yeah, so um, I was at University of Kentucky. It was my junior year. I I had a marketing research class as a marketing major. And someone, I wish I knew who this person was. So if you're listening, let me know. Someone came into class and said, hey, there's a free graduate program at the University of Georgia. Um, It's one year. And it has a hundred percent job placement. And like, how I was like, how do I turn that down? I knew I wanted to go to graduate school, so I basically worked the next two years of my life to try to get into Georgia because I knew that it was very competitive to get in. So I got a job at the Matrix Group at Lexington, Kentucky, and I um, kind of built my portfolio so I would have a good kind of a portfolio to get into Georgia. Did actually really well on the GMAT, which really helped. And um, it's kind of also came full circle. I spoke at Kentucky last week. I told this story at UK yeah. last week to some undergraduates there. So it's kind of come full circle from UK. And then when I'm in Georgia next month for this, it'll be both of my kind of academic uh, alma maters within a month of each other. It's pretty wild. And so you leave the University of Georgia. Yep. And then what was your first job when you left? First job was in um, New York. I worked at Harris Interactive. And, really? Um, I worked at a lot of different panel companies, but this was the first one, and I did not work on the panel side. The first study I worked at at Harris Interactive was a, a telephone tracking study. Really? Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was kind of fun because my background at that time was in telephone work. Yeah. I was a telephone interviewer for a while. Really? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That was We yeah. told the story about when yeah. you were at uh, Matrix Group and just trying to get through the calls. Yeah. So, you so I did the pool. pool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. And Martha Doraymer, the who hired me, is just commented on my on my LinkedIn. Did post. you really? So it was nice to hear from her. That's a small world. Um, so you started at Harris, and then yep. uh, where did you go from there? Harris, I moved to Cincinnati. I started working at Parker Research, and I did a lot of in person research. And that's when I kind of moved a little bit into more account management. I'd been a project manager before, moved into account management. Then I moved to um, TNS. And I was an account manager there, uh, supporting a local giant consumer packages company. Did that for um, eight or ten years before I moved to EMI. So I worked at all these panel companies, but I didn't know anything about Sample. It's kind of weird, right? It is pretty weird. Harris had a panel. Um, TNS obviously had a yeah. panel, and then I worked at Ipsos. So they had a panel. And so you weird. never worked with panel. And then, no. so how did <laughs> how did you? How are you here? And he, <laughs> 
Yeah. How, do, how are you yeah. working at a sample company? So uh, now I'm in charge of insights at a panel company, and uh, I'm the expert well, on panels. Well, honestly, when I first started, I'm like, oh, my God, I just accepted a job at a sample company. It doesn't have any sample. Yeah, well, that's what That's, that's kind of weird. Helps. That's not having any sample. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That helped. And I think that my background lended itself to um, – EMI because I was a buyer of sample, but I didn't understand it really. Like we had internal functions at all those companies that handled all the sample. I was really client facing and talking to clients about studies and initiatives and things like that. And so I kind of brought that perspective to EMI. I had a huge learning curve to learn about the sample companies. I knew of, I think I knew of four different sample companies when I started at EMI. Yeah. I knew of research now, I knew of Taluna, um, maybe a couple more. That was it. And so learning, that's why I loved when I first started, I kind of sat in the middle of the sales team yeah. here at EMI and you were part of that. And like, you all would talk all day long. And I'm like, this is the perfect place for me to sit. Cause I hear you all talking about sample all day long. and I can learn because that was the hard, I knew, you know, how to design a screener. I knew how to analyze data. I knew how to build a cross tab. I knew how to design research around business objectives. I didn't understand the sample part of it. One thing that you left out of stuff that you knew how to do, <laughs> and maybe you didn't know how to do it. Um, and it's one of my earliest memories of you. Um, so you started six years ago. So we're thinking yep. 2013. Yep. I get a call one Monday morning from, at the time, <laughs> my biggest client saying, uh, you're not following project management directions. Well, the sample's fine. We're just not following any directions. Yeah. Uh, we're going to fire you. Yeah, I remember this. And so <laughs> you, I, and <laughs> former president of EMI, Mike yeah. Holmes. Got on a plane. Got on a plane the next day, yeah. flew to that location, yeah. keep that as a mystery, yeah. and I pitched that you were going to be their yeah. full-time dedicated project manager. I remember that, yeah. What was I doing? Um, and that, that was honestly one of the births of IntelliBlend. It really was. Yeah. yeah. That, that moment was like, oh, wow, maybe the sample is different because the allocation by sample provider was a little bit different. And that's right. That's when I started doing the deep dives into it. And that's when um, we started looking at the data. And that's when I started designing the research on research. And then they got really into it. And six years later, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. Pretty wild time. <laughs> From darkness comes light. Yeah. Well, that client did fire us. <laughs> we, I, like ultimately we held them off for about two years maybe yeah we held off it's just yeah i <laughs> but we tried it was a hell of a, look at all the good that came out of that meeting i just remember sitting on like a rooftop bar at the end of the day yeah. thinking like well is this gonna work out yeah and you i had known you for a Three weeks. Yeah. And thinking yeah. like, well, here we go. You, Let's see what we can do. I've got your life in my hands. You don't know me. <laughs> well, it worked out. It, <laughs> it worked, worked out. out. And here we are doing the podcast. Uh, so you talked a lot, like now you're doing a lot of sample. Um, you're, yeah. You track panels. You track changes of panels. You're looking at different types of sample and blends. Um, does that have any correlation to what you're going to be speaking about at the Insight Summit? Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about uh, current state of sample, which is pretty complex and been disruptive for the past couple of years um, with all the mergers and acquisitions and all the technology. And um, so I'll be talking about that and kind of best practice in sampling. And then I'll be talking about the future of sampling. And I think there's there's a lot of positive things coming. And so I'm hoping to dedicate some time to that. So end on a, a very positive note. What is, uh, what is the one thing you hope people walk away with from your speech? I think ideally, I think, well, part of this is, and this, this is just my opinion, I think that a lot of the things that have happened in sampling the past probably five-ish years 
have created the commoditization of sample. Right. And that people are buying on price. They and we think, kind of created ourselves as sample suppliers, right? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And so it's kind of a price-driven, and it should not be price-driven, and this bothers me because I think that there's a lot of great sample companies out there that are great at a lot of different things and should be utilized for a lot of different things. So I hope that people understand that sample companies are very different and that it's not a commodity and you kind of get what you pay for in some ways and some can't. Some companies are great at some things and some are better at others. That's awesome. Uh, I'll wrap it up the interview with just saying, like, I think that this Future of Insight Summit is an awesome thing, not just because of like what you normally get from conferences and that you go and you listen to people talk and stuff, but all of the people that are going to this conference, so many of them having connections with the University of Georgia and you see everyone came from this place, one place. It's like everyone yeah. going back to like the Mecca, the birthplace yeah. of where all this market research goes to. And so look at the attendees names. Like you have big time people from all different types of brand, like Coke and Kroger and 8451. People like from Directions and Burke and KSNR, KSNR, Market and Cansar, yeah. EMI, like all of these companies. Yeah. And they all came from this place. And I think that yeah. that is something I think we miss a lot in this industry and something I think you reflect a lot on as well is this giving back and like not forgiving your roots of where things are. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a laugh off type thing at a cocktail or a happy hour. Like, Oh, yeah. this place is so incestuous. You know, everyone knows everyone yeah. from this industry, but it all comes from like these same type starts and you never really, uh, it's a very humble beginning, I think with market research. And it really is what like encloses all of us together yeah. and makes us want to, when you have that type of feeling, you want to make things better. Yeah. Right. And so um, that's something I always have, really respected from you all the other organizations tell us like what are the or other organizations you're involved with there well um i was involved pretty heavily with the ama for locally for about five years i kind of led the uh, marketing research um, um community and so i picked speakers and i led discussions um each month which was awesome um, but I moved on from that just five years is to do something that is just yeah. way too long. And now recently I got much more involved in the insights association. So, um, locally I'm part of, in, for the great lakes chapter is the, um, I was, um, voted in as treasurer this year. So I have a two year term as treasurer. So I got to figure that out. Um, and then I'm also on the diversity and education committee and, um, doing a lot with that and help, helping mentor students, which I, is one of my big passions is mentoring students. So I'm pretty involved here locally within Northern Kentucky University, as you are, um, and the University of Cincinnati. And I try to go and help teach classes there um, and just try to get involved where I can. And I'm also on a case committee, which is the um, it's a committee across lots of different people in sampling. If, if you work at a sampling company, you're really involved in sampling. You probably have a representative in, on case. And so I'm on a committee there to try to kind of lift up sampling. So it's yeah. industry wide talking about things like uh what are, we, what are we doing about river sampling and what are best practices and we should align on certain things. So um, I try to give back as I'm at the point of my career where I really love getting back. I get joy out of that. And so I try to do as much as I can, um, but you know, sometimes you overextend yourself. So <laughs> a little bit. We'll you know, I think it's a really good thing. And I see that a lot with what's going on at, this conference and what you try to do is that you really are at that second mountain part of your career. You know, the first mountain of being all about you and what can you do? And you talked about going from company to company and how big the industry can be being at these large panel companies that not having anything to do with panel. Yeah. Right. And then being where you are now, trying to give back to the next part. Like I see the work that you do with mentorship to other, to, you know, younger people getting in the industry. I see what you do at NKU, at UC, at University of Georgia doing things like this to what you do with AMA doing those SIG type programs, doing the insect association, doing the, you know, 
the diversity part of the insights association, all the webinars that you do, like that's something that I think makes you super special and also is a super special part about this industry too. So thank you for that. Um, and I'm excited to hear you speak at this conference. It should be really great. Ah, thank you. I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, that'll do it for part three, the finale of the future of insight speaker series. As a reminder, the future of insight summit will be happening December 5th and 6th at the university of Georgia in Athens. If you look in our show notes on the link, wherever you are listening to this podcast, you'll be able to see a registration link. I suggest you go. It is very inexpensive. It's very easy to get to Atlanta. There really are no excuses to go and, and you'll be able to meet and network and learn a lot about the market research industry and meet some great people along the way. Um, if you have any questions about the summit, if you have any questions about um, anything about the program at all, please email us and telecast at emi-rs.com and either we'll know the answer or we'll find it out for you. Um, otherwise, you can follow us on Twitter. You'll be tweeting from the conference, right? Yeah, I was sure. Maybe, maybe podcasting. Who knows? Hey, oh, that'll be from uh, EMI underscore research on Twitter and telecast one on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. Um, again, Future of Insight Summit, December 5th and 6th at UGA in Athens. Anything you want to plug? How can people reach you? Um, reach me um, on LinkedIn is the probably the easiest way. You can email me, brian.lamar at emi-rs.com. have a webinar next week about sample blending. So Really? If you care about sample at all, maybe you should join the webinar. Yeah, send important. us an email or uh, via like the EMI uh, LinkedIn page. I know you're promoting on yeah. your LinkedIn page too, so you can yep. always register that way. Uh, should be pretty awesome. Yeah. Sample blend, it's a huge time to learn about sample blending because yeah. everybody's building out all these tr- trackers for next year, right? <laughs> That's right. Man, yeah, if you're thinking about tracking studies, this would be good, maybe a webinar for you. This would be a good thing to think about. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brian. And we'll see you guys at the Future of Insight Summit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.